I have to give one more heartfelt shout out to the 2011 Cowboy football team. Plus, I got with the other host of the Locked On Big 12 podcast, and we talked power rankings as well as the week six slate of games. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cowboy fans? Welcome to the Locked On Pokes podcast, your daily Oklahoma State podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Linda Godfrey, co-host of Fantasy Besties and avid Oklahoma State fan. You can follow me on Twitter at Lindellians. You can follow the show at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or find the show on the Locked On Pokes Facebook page. Make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest shows every weekday here with Lockdown Pokes. I just, I know last week I kind of ended with the discussion about the 2011 Cowboy football team being in Stillwater this past weekend for the game against Baylor, that reunion that they did. But I just want to say one more time real quick before we dive into the other two parts of this podcast, how fantastic it was to see Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman on the field inside Boo Pickett Stadium. They, you know, Whedon threw a touchdown pass to Blackman at halftime. It was just the atmosphere. It got so loud there at BPS when when they were on the field. You could just tell how much they mean to Stillwater. I definitely teared up, but I'm going to blame it on the alcohol and definitely not that I'm too attached to uh, my sports teams. It was just really, really cool to see. And like I said, you can tell how much they mean to the city of Stillwater, to the school, and and what they what they brought and what they did for Oklahoma State. So I'm glad they got to come. They got to hear how grateful we are for what they did for us. And and it was it was. I'm very glad I was there. It was a very cool experience, just to get to to yell for them one more time. So. I just wanna wanted to say that one more time, how fantastic that was f- to be a part of. Up next, we're looking at the Locked On Big 12 power rankings. But before we get into that, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's football season. It's baseball postseason. It's basketball season coming up. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests at betonline.ag. Be sure to take advantage of promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Even if the sports I mentioned, and they're all going right now, even if none of those are your taste, you can even bet on your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available this season. Be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for your welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Pokes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Next up, I got together with Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12, Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs, and John Williams of Locked On Sooners, and we talked some Big 12 power rankings. Here's that. 
gmail.com. All right, friends, let's move on to the power rankings. These are updated. These are new. These are fresh. You all have not seen them, so we're going to do a live reaction this week. And, John, there's no surprise. <gasps> and Baylor's still getting love. <laughs> Baylor's still getting love uh, uh, in this graphic because it's the only graphic that we can find that's got space and the Big 12 logo on it. So there you go. Baylor's getting love with the pylon. Oklahoma and Texas. I got them at one and two. And I think, but Linda, before I bring you in here, um, you know, Oklahoma's hand on number one because before, you know, until somebody beats them, obviously they're going to stay up there. But John, we'd be lying if we had said, I actually thought the win was pretty good over Kansas State. I think if you wipe out that Knowles kickoff return for a touchdown, it ends up being a two-score game, right? So they took care of business on the road, and that was a late kick return that ended up etching it out for them, uh, that you know, made it a little bit closer. But a lot of talk this week from the coaching staff of Oklahoma about how practice wasn't great last week. Alex Grinch always talks about it, but Lincoln Riley echoed that too. Players echoed that too. How are you feeling defensively? Because that was that was Oklahoma's probably worst defensive performance so far this year. A lot of long, sustained drives, uh, and they couldn't get off the field very well either. How are you feeling heading into Red River, where we know the offense is about to take a little bit of an uptick on the opposing side of the field? Yeah, you know, there's definitely some nerves heading into the Cotton Bowl. You know, Texas has got one of the best running backs in the country, best running games in the country. Casey Casey Thompson has been efficient up until he ran into Gary Patterson this past week. It's going to be it's going to be interesting, man. If you're a team that's facing Oklahoma, every drive should be four down territory because Oklahoma cannot stop a team on fourth down at this point. Team, mm-hmm. you know, they they held Kansas State to eight of fifteen on third down, but they were like four or five on fourth down. So you're like what does it even matter if we get a stop on third down? We still have to stop them on fourth down. Now, you know, Oklahoma missed 15 tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. Deuce Vaughn is incredibly difficult to stop. Phillip Brooks is a really good wide receiver. Malik Knowles is also very good. He's he's very shifty. It's a pretty good offense. And like you said, they, ha- they held him to 24 points from the defensive standpoint. It was a two-score game for a lot of the fourth or the second half. You know, Oklahoma opened it up in the third quarter and kept it a two touchdown game for a lot of that until that kickoff return for a touchdown. A lot of things had to go right for Oklahoma. They had to recover an onside kick at the end, had to get the double review to catch that, uh, that double touch by the kicker to mm-hmm. overturn the onside kick recovery by Kansas state. And so some things had to go right. You know, I, I thought it was still their, their best win of the season. I would agree. Uh, you overcame a team that had beaten you twice in the last two years and a team that's really a good football team, a well-coached, uh, a tough-nosed football team that has given you fits. To me, it's like a, a rivalry win. You just you take the win and you just go. You try and get better and you learn from it. It was a bit of a weird week. You know, They had Deller and Turner yell that was announced that he was going to be unavailable. Justin Harrington entered the transfer portal like the day before the game. So the, a lot of moving parts in the secondary. Hopefully they get Woody Washington back this week. A lot, a lot to improve upon from the win over Kansas State, but I thought it was a good win. Uh, Linda, did I miss the mark here? Should I have put Oklahoma State number two? I here's why I didn't. They had a lot of chances to bury Baylor in that game. They didn't, and Baylor's offense because Oklahoma State's defense was so good. It was so just so good, spectacularly good in that game. I mean, absolutely stone cold awesome. The basically the entire way, save the one touchdown. Um, they their offense needed to punctuate that performance. They had a couple chances to pull away, and I'll be honest, my guy Spencer Sanders not making the requisite throws 
at certain times to do it. They asked the defense to keep coming up. They, they kept doing it. Uh, am I wrong here? Should Oklahoma State be number two? I still think wrong is a strong word. I mean, we are the only un- other undefeated team, mm-hmm. so I feel like that should give get some kind of nod. I know Texas has a really good offense. I'm very excited about the game this weekend, especially since I won't have an Oklahoma State game to like really up my stress levels. I'll get to just like enjoy football for a weekend. But like you said, that defense, I just feel like that defense is going to keep us in every game this season. We turned it over three times. We didn't create any turnovers outside of like fourth down stops. So to lose the turnover battle and still come out with a win, I, I just think our defense is so much better than maybe a stat sheet shows. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're doing it through injuries with young depth. So that's like super exciting for future prospects. Jim Knowles is, uh, you know, I'm going to nominate him for president. I think next season, you know, <laughs> next season, I don't know how presidencies work. <laughs> it's, uh, Oklahoma it's 2024 next year. Yeah, let's, let's do it next year. <laughs> But I just I do think that defense can keep us in games. And if offense can stop having, you know, three turnovers a game, if they can cut the mistakes out, then then we're in every game we we play this season. Now, Steven, you guys got a good look at number two last. Now, OK, first of all, can Gary Patterson stop talking about other teams like this week with the, no. the Bijan Robinson comments? So in case you guys didn't see it and Steven, correct me on the comment here. But basically, he was like, "I would never run Zach Evans as much as Bichon got ran last week." Is that is that what he did, what he said? Essentially, yeah. He's he he makes a comment once a week that everybody gets to dunk on. It's just like poor <laughs> Colin Post from the school paper tweet something out, and his mentions are just in shambles because <laughs> here's Gary at Thanksgiving, and he's got to talk about the vaccine again. Like he's just he's like that guy. Like he's just he's he's got to go there. Everything's fine. And no, he's yeah. He said he would never run Bajan or he would never run Zach thirty-five times like Bajan Robinson. So, like number one, I mean, yeah. On the whole, I his statement, like the premise of it, I understand. Here's the problem: is you just lost the game, and the player you're talking about single-handedly won the game for the opposing team. And this was a so like the context really matters here because what we talked about last year with Bijan Robinson. Robinson criminally underused, right? Criminally underused. Two, what did Sark say at the beginning of the season? In certain spots, I will use him as much as I need to to get the job done, which he did. Do yeah. I think he's been overusing him so far this season? Actually, no, I don't. I think I think he's been used the right amount. This this was some overusage, but like Oklahoma State, I mean, we're seeing some Jalen Warren games where he's getting thirty touches, right? So and, and nobody's yeah. you know nobody's talking about that. So. I and personally speaking, this is not just my opinion. Bijan's a guy. Let's be honest; he's going to be the best player on every single field he's on this year. Um, he should be in the NFL next year. Like, there, I, I would say Bijan Robinson's the best player on the field this week. I, I think now Oklahoma might have Oklahoma who's, might have yeah. Two, who's better than Bijan Robinson, John? Oklahoma might have two through ten. Bijan Robinson's the best player. Bijan Robinson's the best player on the field. But my point is also too. Steven, in that game, I mean, Casey Thompson tried to give that thing away a few times. His yeah. decision making was really poor. I thought he made a bunch of a couple, a few bad decisions. I think TCU had at least two dropped interceptions, maybe more than that, over the course of the game. And look, TCU is not the ninth best team in the conference. I think they end up being higher than this, but they've got to find a way to capitalize. And I will say, 
if Oklahoma this week can successfully successfully take out Bijan in some way, shape, or form and make Casey beat them, I think they're going to have a pretty good week because if Casey Thompson looks anything like he did last game, there's no chance Texas wins this football game. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I want to go back to the Zach Evans thing for a minute because yeah. – so one, yeah, they are like him and Bijan are different body types. Like Zach is more slight, he's more slender, but he had 15 carries. Like, I feel like I'm in some bizarro world right now. I think if like if Gary Patterson was the lead in a rom com, which I know is not a visual that a lot of people want, <laughs> but if that were the case, we'd be at the part of the movie where like he found the person that he wanted, like he found the type of person he wanted exactly, and he can't commit. I mean, for, for the past three years, I've been watching as this guy has wanted to slow things down, play, you know, just play good defense, just run the football. That's all we want to do. We don't want to put the ball in the hands of a young quarterback. We're not going to run any up-tempo. Like, we, we're going to be like a Big Ten football team. Jerry Kills on the staff, who's most famous for eating a dilly bar in the snow in Minnesota in the middle of the winter. Like, he's a football dude. This is what he does. He just gets – he used to recruit corn-fed kids to come up there and run the ball 30 yeah, times. Factual. And now they have a guy who, at best, will be here for three years. Like, that was another part of the comment that was weird, is Gary said that both Zach Evans and John Robinson will be at school for four years. No, they won't. These dudes <laughs> right. are not getting degrees. <laughs> right. Like, they are gone. Right. Like, he's going to the NFL. They might get degrees later. My apologies to their parents. I, you know, whatever. But they don't need them. Zach Evans is gone after three years. He might be gone after this year. He might be in the portal if, you know, things don't get better. (laughs) So use him while he's here. Like, give him the football. What are we doing? And, yeah, you don't have to give it to him 35 times. And I will say, he does have a habit. And I don't know if this is some weird agreement that they have, some handshake deal they have to get him there since he's a five-star talent. But, like, he does a lot of this. I mean, he's tapping the helmet after two or three carries sometimes where it's like, Really? You know, you're you're worn out right now? Like we're in the middle of this drive. But still, I mean, like give them the football. I just I don't get like this is what they've been trying to do the last few seasons. They haven't had the personnel to do it. They finally have a guy who can run that type of offense and they've gotten away from it. So I don't understand that. And yeah, Casey Thompson, um, I wasn't super impressed. Now I think TCU did some things to confuse him by, you know, those dropped interceptions were both by linebackers who like dropped into some zone coverage and some looks where it looked like they might be coming on a blitz. There's some of that involved. And I think Alex Grinch can also do that on Saturday. Um, but yeah, he, he was, he was struggling and that's why I'm conflicted about right. where TCU is because in some ways I was really encouraged that they played better but I also sort of felt like, man, now they turned the ball over a couple times. But like we just took a they just took a pretty good swing at a good Texas team at home. And they still couldn't find a way to win. And if they didn't, if not for a stop at the one yard line on fourth and goal, that game would have been over with about 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it the final score was close and they had a chance, but Texas controlled that game for most of it. So um, now they got to go beat Tech this week in Lubbock, which will be tough to do. I always have a really good time with those guys. It is my favorite thing. I look forward to it every Wednesday. We always have a good laugh. 
Next up, the Big 12 slate for this weekend, including our picks for the Red River rivalry. That is always going to be hard for me to say. But first, college football fans, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's a extremely easy app to maneuver and I am not good at computers or phones or any kind of technology really so if I say it's easy you can guarantee that it's easy. Price Picks offers all the props you can think of, touchdowns, interceptions, field goals, turnovers of any kind. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use Locked On for your special offer. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is a daily fantasy made easy. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there, and you can get 15% off your order at built.com with promo code LOCKED15. It tastes like a candy bar, but it's a healthy option for a sweet treat. I have asked my guy friends that actually like go to the gym and work out and need protein bars, um, does it actually taste like a candy bar? Is that is this, is this a real thing? And they say, absolutely so. I am sold on it. They swear by them. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has nine flavors ranging from raspberry to coconut to peanut butter chocolate. There's not a more elite combination than chocolate and peanut butter in my world, so it's hard to argue with that. If you want to try all of them, you can get the mixed box at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order Built Bar is a protein bar that I can confirm tastes like a candy bar. Again, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCK15 for 15% off your order. I said we were going to talk about the Week 6 slate. Of course, we know Oklahoma State is on a bye this week. It could not have come at a more perfect time, I don't think, for Oklahoma State. So, we dive into uh, some of the other Big 12 matchups, and I think there's going to be some exciting games this weekend. Here's how that went. So, number one, the schedule this week, don't like it because of the fact that Baylor-West Virginia is at the same time as Red River. Um, that's frustrating for me. Also, we got a 7 o'clock game. We could have had the perfect menu. The, the three windows could have been filled by Big 12 action. We're not going to get that. Let's go to Baylor in West Virginia. And I'm going to boomerang back to, to Steven really fast here. So Baylor needs to win this game, right? Good teams win this game against West Virginia. That, that's the big, that's the big measuring stick for Dave Aranda. You lost last week. Can you bounce back at home as a favorite? I think so. I'm not really sure how, I mean, I think it'll be a competitive game, but I'm not really sure how West Virginia scores on Baylor's defense. Um, I think this is a, a good opportunity for them to get after Jarrett Dagey and make some things happen. And the offense will be able to do enough. But I do think it's worth watching, you know, obviously, like Linda's Pokes, they have a great defense, and so does Iowa State. But that was – I mean, that was 12 or 13 straight drives. If you go back to the Iowa State game in the first half, you know, into the late in the third quarter of the Oklahoma State game where Baylor just could not find a way to get in the end zone and score. So, um, you know, that might be something to watch the rest of the season. I do feel like Baylor gets the victory on Saturday, though. John, do you feel like the middle class of the conference, like if West Virginia were to win this game, I'm kind of showing this graphic just to show that middle class, like from Baylor to TCU, 
things could get really weird because if West Virginia pulls this game off, you're sitting in the spot where we've got them losing to Tech and then bouncing back at Baylor and Baylor dropping that game. It kind of puts us in a weird limbo spot, right, if, if we end up seeing that happen. Yeah, the middle class is going to just be beating up on each other all year long. There's going to be games where, like, I think West Virginia actually is going to have a great shot at this game because of their defense. I mean, I think they're one of the more underrated defenses in the league. We saw it just a couple weeks ago against Oklahoma. You know, that front that they've got is going to cause a lot of fits for Baylor's front. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. It, the, the middle is going to be really, really intriguing to watch. It's one of those situations where it'd be kind of fun to have, like, a little – four to 16 playoff in the big 12, just to see it all shake out for a big 12 championship. But I'm a, I'm a more playoffs all the time kind of guy. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where I stand, but yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see how the, the Baylor's and the West Virginia's and techs and the K States of the world, where they go from here, because there's a lot to still kind of figure out with that next tier of teams. And then Linda, I want to ask you about Oklahoma state again is is the I think the buy for them is coming at the right time because this team was a little banged up and there's been a big conversation for a lot of people to talk about like practice and, and the value of practice and I think Oklahoma State got a lot of reps in the spring and they repped a lot in the fall I think they may be the uh, the bad side of the argument right like like there is maybe too much practice because from the word go they were banged up I mean they they were banged up for the season started they got banged up the first game I think this buy is coming at the right time for them because they began to get more healthy, and I think they're going to come out really healthy for their Texas and Iowa State trips, plural, that are coming up. And I mean, I think a split you definitely take if you're a Pokes fan. Yeah, it's at perfect timing for a bye week, and I do agree. I think uh, it gives some time for especially some of the defense, like I talked about. We had a ton of depth and youth and all these exciting things about the defense, and then everybody got hurt like right out of the gate. We're like, oh, we don't have depth anymore to just – just young guys, but figure it out. And like Colin Oliver played a fantastic game on Saturday and he was there all spring, all fall practicing. So while I understand like, you know, injuries come, the more you practice, it's also helped some of our young guys that were able to come in and get enrolled and be there all spring and all fall. So uh, bottom line though, perfect time for a bye week perfect time to set up for a game against Texas. Great game to watch them in this weekend. And we kind of get to sit and watch everybody, so I, I can't be mad about the bye week, except for that I'm afraid my hype is going to get like too strong headed into week seven, and then something terrible might happen. So I'm trying to like remain even. Just uh, yeah, it's, that's that's what you need to do. Remain even, take one game at a time. They like to make every, every game interesting, like super interesting. Actually, the top teams this year, Oklahoma State and and Oklahoma, both the Oklahoma schools, have really enjoyed making every single game they play a dogfight, save the uh, FCS opponent for, uh, for yeah. OU. We're for fun. We're just – we're here for fun. Yeah, in chaos. Yeah. Uh, Steven, me and you have a different definition of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven, I want to – you have another one of those games this week where this is like – if TCU wants to throw the wrench in the middle class, they have, a ch- they have the opportunity to do it because – Weirdly enough, I don't think people are talking about this. Texas Tech is four and one with a chance at home against TCU to go to five and one. And I think, given the circumstances, given the injuries, you know, to, I mean, they've had a, their quarterback, at wide receiver, at running back, at offensive line, at corner. I mean, they, they've been pretty banged up. Um, Texas Tech has a chance maybe to, to climb the top half of the conference 
Or TCU can just say, go on the road and say, nah, uh, welcome to the middle class. Let's all have fun and ping pong around here in the middle. Right, yeah. As, uh, as if, you know, a night game in Lubbock was not stressful enough. Um, I, I think Eric Ezekama, his status is going to be huge in this one for, for Texas Tech. Is he back from that injury? But I was super impressed with their ability to go on the road and get that win in Morgantown. Like, that surprised me. Um, I thought this would be a game CCU could handle. I think the line's like one and a half. I mean, it's a coin flip, which seems about right. One subplot to this game, too. You know, Sonny Cumbie, who's now calling plays there at Tech, he he became the scapegoat for the fans for the TCU offensive struggles the last few seasons. And he obviously knows Gary's defense pretty well. I know that Gary understands his offensive system well and what he wants to do. But I'm just wondering, you know, how much he's excited to get a chance to, to maybe make a statement um, and, and get that tech offense rolling. But can TCU slow down that run game and enforce Henry Columbia throw? I think that will be a huge key. I, I still feel like this is a, a, a game that is winnable, obviously, and they should win. Um, but I, I was definitely had my eyebrows raised when, you know, tech went on the road and won that game, especially going up 17 nothing in the first half like that against West Virginia. That was impressive. I was smiling while you were talking. So I was just thinking about like the idea that, you know, Henry Columbia throws the ball 60 times. And after the game, Gary's like, I'd never make Max. Throw 60 times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm against, I'm against winning. I'm yeah, against I can't winning. have my guys can't, throwing it or running it we, too much. I don't want to win if it's not the right way. Yeah. Right. I don't want to win yeah. it the right way. All right. Can't have Let's my middle get, linebacker tackling 15 times. No, no, it's too many hits. It's too many hits, too many hits in the shoulder. Um, all right, so let's get to the big game of the week. It's Red River. Uh, this is the biggest game on the Big 12 schedule so far this year. Now, obviously, you know, if OU and, and, and Oklahoma State were to run the table to, to their matchup, uh, that would end up being the biggest game of the year. But to date, to date, this is the biggest game of the year. And a couple things here. Number one, Bijan Robinson last week um, kind of went peak Bijan Robinson. Like, I, I know we discuss the, the running back and how it's been used differently, but – I mean, that last play where he got the first down, like the cuts he was making, the ability just to like spring backward, spring to the side, and spring forward. It's, it's just he's 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 a – I mean, I hate the term, but next-level player. Like it's it's already in, right in front of you. And Oklahoma is going to have their hands full while they have a great defense. Their job is to not let that first drive that we saw against West Virginia, those multiple drives we saw from Kansas State – if they can limit those long drives, they're going to have a chance. This game's going to be close. I am not going to – I'm not going to give any points in this game. I, I would not take – or well, I would not give points is just is what I'm going to say here. Um, I'm leaning towards Oklahoma. John, I, I'm sure you're probably with me on that. Yeah, I, I do think Oklahoma wins. I do think it's going to be a close game. I could see it ending on a Gabe Brickage, you know, field goal. Um uh, it's going to be tough, man. Bajan Robinson is really, really good. He might be the best player on the field on Saturday. Nick Bonito might have something to say about that as well. Yeah. But a lot of it's going to come down to how well do they contain Casey Thompson. I mean, they've had a little bit of a trouble with the read option this season, overcommitting to the running back, letting the quarterback just run free, not containing the edge. If they overcommit to Bijan, which they're bound to do because he's the truth, then Casey Thompson is going to have opportunities to have some free lanes to run from. They got to really be sound technically on the, on the read option. 
and they've got to have to limit some of his kind of more efficient passes. It's going to be tough, man. It's, it's always a tough game, whether Oklahoma's the number one team in the country and Texas is unranked or they're both ranked teams. It's always a tough matchup. It doesn't really seem to matter. I think a lot of it is going to depend for Oklahoma. How well do they tackle Bijan Robinson? I mean, he they, they missed four, 15 tackles last week against Kansas State. Bijan Robinson leads FBS and missed tackles forced, according to Pro Football Focus, with 51. Uh, side note, my guy Kennedy Brooks with about half as many carries has 41 missed tackles yeah. forced. So anyway, just want to put that out there. You're the worst offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. You know, the, the thing I said was the key in talking with Longhorns Wire was they're going to have to rally. I mean, they got to get multiple guys to Bajon Robinson, and that still may not be enough. Like, they got to get three, four, five guys to him to tackle him on every time, every time he touches the ball because he's going to touch it a lot. I mean, we Steve Sarkeesian wrote him last week. He's going to ride him again this week because he knows that that's his path to victory against Oklahoma. Linda, as an Oklahoma State supporter, and I, this is not just like an esoteric question. This is like, hey, for the race in the conference, which way are you going? Because if Oklahoma were to win, then that kind of sets up Oklahoma State to maybe land that knockout punch to Texas as a contender in the Big 12 by handing them a second loss the, the upcoming week. Or you could go the route of, hey, a loss there puts us – a loss for um, uh, for Oklahoma – puts us at the top of the conference and you know it's it kind of it's kind of the race is on from there how do you view it as an oklahoma state fan coming into this week and what's your pick uh, i'd love it if both could lose but that's not really like we're not living <laughs> in my world so. <laughs> yeah. 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 but uh no i think it'll be a really good game i think it's probably going to be a high scoring game but i said that a couple of weeks ago and it was a defense knockout so maybe i don't know anything but i do think there's going to be quite a bit of points put on the board and uh i'll probably not pull for either team but if texas wins and we're the only team with a zero in the loss column i can't i can't say i'll be mad about that and if it makes me vain and petty well then so be it what's your pick i'm going texas okay all right well there you go uh all right steven uh i guess i mean i'm not really sure tcu's got a vested interest here except texas losing i guess guess that's a vested interest but uh, TCU. So TCU, what do you what do you think there, Stephen? <laughs> there okay, I'm back. Don't worry, folks. We'll just is. roll with it. Can everybody hear me? Yeah, we're good. Can you guys hear me? Yep. We can yep. hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Stephen. Yes. What as a TCU fan, vested interest? What's your pick here? Yeah, I mean, you you always got to – your vested interest is always in the horns losing. But I will say, I don't know if it's just recency bias, but something that sticks out to me, Jeff Howe, who covers the Longhorns from 247, the few times we have on the radio show, he'd always tell us, this game always comes down to who's more physical at the point of attack. And I think that's Texas right now, which is funny to say, because I would not have said that before the season, but with the way they run the football – with uh, with Robinson, um, I just think that's going to be the difference in the game. So I'll take the horns, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. We'll see. It's as John said, it's always a knockdown, dragout game, um, regardless of the records. Yeah, I mean, I could see this being a high scoring game. I also could see this being one of those where, like, I, I thought last week actually Oklahoma obliged Kansas State in the long drive game. I thought Spencer Rattler outside the interception was brilliant the entire day with, with the, the football in its hands, making the right decisions. 
and Oklahoma was okay because their offense hasn't been super explosive so far this year, but they don't always have to be. Like last week they showed they actually didn't necessarily have to be. So I could see this being one of those games where almost, like Linda's saying, it feels like the offenses are having a lot of success, although it's not necessarily manifesting itself on the scoreboard, right? Like they're they're driving, but they're not necessarily putting up a ton of points. So I'm leaning OU right now, but like I think like John said, it could be a Gabe Burkich field goal there at the end. And I'm always pumped. I'm always pumped to see that the fans sunburning, you know, in the stands because it's a thousand degrees in the first week of October. It always makes me very happy that I live in the state of Virginia. Um, it's always cool the state fair vibe. And look, for the people that are complaining about Iowa State or Iowa and Penn State um, not getting game day, number one, and this is one of the best like three rivalries in college football. All right, it's, I think it's, 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 that's there. Number two, Penn State, Iowa's on Fox. And I believe, I don't know if Big Noon kickoff's going there because obviously it's not noon, but I believe Fox will have a ton of coverage. Also three, this is this game is on, is on ABC. So what, what, what do you want ESPN to do? Go give more coverage to Fox as they're going to have this big game this week? Or they've got a marquee matchup, a huge rivalry on their airwaves where they're just not going to promote it? Come on now, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, any closing thoughts? Anybody, uh, John, I'll, I'll let you everybody go around because I just went on a rant. Anybody have anything to say before they want to go? Any, any rants, anything to get off your chest as we're here closing out the show? John, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I want to echo what you said. Spencer Rattler was really good last week. He had three incompletions. Two of them were on miscommunications, I think, between him and his wide receiver. The wide receiver is going down the field. Spencer Rattler's reading that as a back shoulder fade. He throws it short. One of them was the interception. One of them went out of bounds. So, Spencer Rattler is going to be key for Oklahoma. I think he's going to build off what he did last week. Steven, any closing thoughts here for us? I already went on my rant, so I'll spare you guys. But uh, I think it's a good slate. And don't sleep on TCU Texas Tech at six o'clock on Saturday night because I feel like it's going to be fun. I will be all in on that game. I will. I will be watching that game for sure. Linda, any closing thoughts? I mean, you guys didn't tell me how good Oklahoma State was enough today, but other than that. Hey, <laughs> I have number else. two in my power rankings over at the Sooners. Woo! I had number two. Right. So. Perfect. That's all uh, I everybody- needed. I just, some validation. Thanks for making Locked on Pokes your first listen every day. Make sure to check back in tomorrow for some more Oklahoma State Now, make sure you make your second listen, Locked on Big 12. Get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. Free and available on all platforms. Remember, you can find me at Lindellians on Twitter or follow the show page at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter or the Locked on Pokes Facebook page. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Go Pokes!